From the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Studios in Des Moines, I'm Mark Magnuson, and welcome to Iowa Ag Matters. In today's show, Andy is joined by Jolene Reeson of the Iowa Corn Growers Association to discuss the EPA's ruling on E15. Riley continues his conversation with Iowa FFA Association President Holly Schmidt for National FFA Week. And Dustin wraps up his discussion with Iowa farmer Scott Henry about Climate Smart Program funding in the next Farm Bill. It's time now to welcome our hosts, Dustin Huffman and Andy Peterson. Mark, thank you, and good morning on the Iowa Ag Matters program. Dustin, another gorgeous day, although they are working some uh, potential frozen precipitation into the forecast for next week. Yeah, that they are. And, you know, of course, it has to be because I'm traveling. So they always have to work that in there while I'm gone. You know, uh, it never fails. I always got some kind of weather or fog or something when I go to Commodity Classic. It's just the way it goes. But, yeah, beautiful day. It was actually a little chillier this morning than I expected it to be. Not that I'm complaining, but, you know, after last night going home and it was still in the 50s, I was like, yes, that's not too bad. But this morning it was definitely a different beast out there. And, as we get going here this morning, I want to remind you that segment one here is brought to you by Sweetwater Technologies. Join in on the road to one million acres. Find out more at sweetwatertechnologies.com. And yeah, so it's uh, one of them things is kind of waiting to see if this, uh, how this plays out. We know, we, like we said earlier, looking for old man winter. One of these times, I think we're going to find him yet before winter's right. over. Very well. Big news uh, out from um, EPA. Year-round E15 sales going to be allowed in Iowa and seven other Midwestern states. There are a couple of caveats to it. The reaction has been missed. We'll talk about that here coming up. And also some seeding rate trials uh, being conducted by our friends at the Iowa Soybean Association. All right. We'll look forward to hearing more about that. I know there are some, as you mentioned, there's some interesting uh, caveats on that EPA announcement. But right now, we're going to go ahead and get into the markets. Matt Bennett of agmarket.net sitting down with Mark Magnuson to go through the grains. Joined today by Matt Bennett of agmarket.net for our opening market discussion. Matt, what are we seeing in the grains today? Yeah, it looks like maybe there's a little bit of optimism uh, as far as the overnight was going. We had corn up two to three at one point, but then, you know, exports were released this morning. Exports were at the low end end of expectations uh, for corn, whereas soybeans were pretty much abysmal. So, uh, you know, the overnight markets closed with beans in the red. Uh, and corn up uh, slightly. So I'll tell you what, it's been a rough week. Uh, You got to hope that maybe we can at least put some sort of an effort together here uh, going into the weekend. But um, the sellers have been very active, uh, you know, and we've continued to lose ground, uh, pouring salt in the wound, uh, you know, after seeing uh, pretty rough markets, especially with regards to corn over the last few weeks here. Yeah, and for corn right now, it's been a tough run. Uh, The past two days, seeing the March contract lose over 12 cents. It's made new contract lows very close to that $4 mark, which is, you know, a little bit hard to believe, Matt, just when we think about the overall picture and where we were just a little bit ago with corn prices. I I say a little bit ago, a a year ago or so, but it has been just such a different change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow. You know, the thing is, though, We've known for several months that we were heading towards, you know, a two billion type uh, discussion as far as the stocks go, you know, and so uh, we've tried to kind of get out ahead of it as much as possible. But with that being said, you know, I don't want to quarterback it. It's just uh, we've got to look for the signs in the market to help us make our decisions. Uh, and, and there's no doubt that at this point things look pretty rough. Now, from the positive side of things, I guess you got to ask yourself, how much of this bearishness from big world and big U.S. stocks is already built into the market? Because uh, there's no question that uh, there, there's a fair amount of it already into the market. So, 
you know, can we go lower? Yeah, of course we can. I think over the long haul, I guess I'd be concerned that, you know, your your December corn market could be headed in the same direction that you're seeing March corn right now if you have a decent crop here this year. We know acreage is probably going to be a fairly strong. And so with that being said, uh, yeah, there will be some concerns later in the year. So I still think there's a fair amount of risk to manage here. Well, we'll hear more from Matt Bennett of agmarket.net coming up later on in the program as we'll talk livestock then. But right now, let's go to Andy Peterson. He's standing by. He's got the three big Iowa ag matters for today. Number three. Getting ready for spring planting season with planter maintenance. A lot of those machines making their way closer to the shop, at least, according to our friends at Kinsey Manufacturing and Spring Planting Specialist Brent Niederstent. The biggest thing with maintenance is you're really going to start at the hitch pin and work your way all the way back. So is the planter running level? All the connections look good shape, safety lights, harnesses, all those things at the front. So then we get to really the meat and potatoes of the planter itself, row unit maintenance. And that, again, starts where it attaches to the toolbar. Parallel arm bushings, making sure that hardware's tight. What kind of wear do we see in there? The row unit and driveline, is that in good condition? And then of course, the ground engaging components, same story front to back and working through no-till coulter, residue wheels, bearings. He says the size of the double disc opener should be 14 and a half inches minimum, otherwise they need to be replaced and adjustment of meters and planter software also need to be considered. Number two. Getting more expensive to eat for Iowans and Americans, according to the latest U.S. Labor, Labor Department data, which shows grocery store costs increased 1.2% last month as compared to a year ago, and restaurant prices were up 5.1% a month ago. Now, Steve Kalanine of snack giant Kalanova says that if you look historically at periods following inflation, there's nothing that says food prices will go back down. Number one. A mixed reaction to news that EPA will allow E15 sales year-round in Iowa and seven other Midwestern states, but not until 2025. It's been pushed heavily, of course, by Governor Reynolds, Secretary Nag, and uh, Iowa Corn Growers Association, where Jolene Reeson is the president. What exciting news, but but then I, a little, you know, take back on that. It's like, so why can't we get this throughout the United States? Why is it just, and I, and I realize, you know, we brought a lawsuit forward to to try and make this happen, but but just just a little disappointed, happy. Don't get me wrong, super happy that you know that they're agreeing to this, but a little disappointed that it didn't go a little farther. She adds, Governor Reynolds has already submitted a request for a waiver to make E15 available year-round this season, which of course includes the big ethanol-powered NASCAR race coming up this summer in Newton. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies, powered by GRIP, is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner-operated drone business partnerships. Together, we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at sweetwatertechnologies.com. And as we get closer to wrapping up National FFA Week, we know we started the yesterday with the talk Riley was having with Holly Schmidt, president of the Iowa FFA Association. They're going to continue that talk here today on Iowa Ag Matters. Looking forward to hearing all about that and what's going on there at the association. On Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we'll be also online at iowaagnet.com.
the pleasure of judging at FFA Subdistrict Contest yesterday as we continue on Iowa Ag Matters during National FFA Week. Andy and Dustin and Riley now. We bring him into the conversation visiting with our state president, Holly Schmidt. First off, Holly, thanks for taking the time to visit with us during this very busy week, focusing on celebrating these future ag leaders because that's who's in FFA right now. But also those future leaders are maybe approaching uh, the time where they will be in FFA. You're looking at elementary and middle school aged kids. Uh, a lot of those kids are watching how the FFA will celebrate this week, and a lot of them are going to see you know, how fun it looks and decide to join there. So imagine the younger version of yourself in middle school. What would you tell that younger version of yourself when it comes to FFA and, and what to be excited for? Yeah, I actually got to interact with a lot of middle schoolers today at Shenandoah, and just they kept asking, like, how do I get involved? How do I get one of those blue corduroy jackets? And if I were to go back and talk to myself from, you know, fifth or sixth grade, I would give my myself this piece of advice. I would say, you know what, just try every opportunity you have because you may think you know what you like now, but it's going to change. And the people you surround yourself is going to change. And that's a good thing, you know. Through FFA, I found a lot of my best friends, people who I talk to every single day who are so supportive, some of my best mentors. And I don't think... Fifth grade me would ever comprehend having such a network because of joining one organization. So I would say, you know, give it the give yourself the opportunity to grow in SSA and to fail because sometimes we learn just as much from our failures as we do as our successes. All right, and then one last question here. Of course, we know that FFA is more than cows, plows, and sows. What are some of the most unique opportunities that you've had? You know, either maybe a fun activity or those professional activities uh, that you've been able to experience or that you've seen other ex- uh, other people experience uh, through the FFA? Yeah, so a very exciting opportunity I had just this past January was a trip to Australia, and it was called International Leadership Seminar for State Officers. So 75 state FFA officers from all across the country, we took a 15-hour flight from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia, and we spent two weeks exploring agriculture and exploring the culture in Australia. And this was the most amazing opportunity because I got to, you know, experience a whole new country. I've never been out of the United States other than that trip now. And you got to see what farmers, what challenges farmers are facing in other parts of the world. But the thing that was the coolest is that you see that farmers all over the world might be facing different challenges, growing different things but they all have the same passion at their heart. The people are the same. And I think wherever opportunity you find in FFA, you're going to find that the people about it. So many different opportunities, like Washington Leadership Conference, the Officers National Convention, the Next Generation Conferences, and all of those center around agriculture and leadership, but the best part of them is the people. And so I'd say any opportunity where you can go meet new people is really what makes the FFA special. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, 
Our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, I mentioned earlier some conversations on uh, seeding rates for soybeans and some trials that are taking place to maximize your efficiency with our friends at the Iowa Soybean Association. That full conversation can be found in the latest Pods of Potential episode, which is out now at iowaagnet.com. And uh, we talked with Drew Clemenson, as well as uh, producer Brian Fegger, who has participated in some of these trials. And we'll have more on that, of course, on Iowa Ag Matters coming up next week. Dustin takes a look around the state at our cash prices next on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Time to run down some of those elevator bids for you here on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Dustin Hoffman. Most of the elevators we will check now are below $4 on corn and more than half of our elevators are now below $11 on soybeans. Let's check the numbers for you. Let's start at ADM in Burlington with their nine cents under on corn. They're at three ninety nine. Soybeans a penny under. They're at eleven forty nine. Cargill and Eddyville even today with corn. They are four oh eight for their cash bid. New Co-op Algona they are ten cents under on corn. Three ninety eight. Soybeans fifty five cents under at ten ninety five. Ag State Sheldon twenty cents over on corn cash bid four twenty eight soybeans sixty eight cents under at ten eighty two, Ag State Elta a dime under on corn three ninety eight soybeans sixty two cents under with a cash bid at ten eighty eight, Cargill Cedar Rapids even today on corn four oh eight soybeans a dime under at eleven forty, Nexus Co op Marble Rock a dime under on corn three ninety eight soybeans fifty five cents under at ten ninety five. Lincoln Way Ethanol, Nevada, two cents under on corn, cash bid four oh six. ADM Des Moines, twelve cents under on soybeans, cash bid eleven thirty eight. New Co-op Red Oak, a dime under on corn. They're three ninety eight. Soybeans forty five cents under at eleven oh five. Mid Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, twenty four cents under on corn, cash bid three eighty four. Soybeans fifty two cents under at ten ninety eight. New Co-op Sheraton, $0.25 cents under on corn. They're at $3.83. Soybeans, $0.50 cents under at $11. Walk-On Feed Ranch, $0.18 cents under on corn, $3.90. Soybeans, $0.58 cents under at $10.92. New Co-op Glidden, a dime under on corn. Their cash bid, $3.98. Soybeans, $0.50 cents under at $11. Innovative Ag Services Farley, $0.17 cents under at $3.91 on corn. Soybeans, $0.53 cents under. Cash bid, $10.97. Cargill Muscatine closed for the season will reopen April 1st. Cash corn and soybean bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator when making sales to obtain the most recent price. That's been a check of your elevator prices here on Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board we got more market information still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, including a complete rundown of the midday numbers for you later on. Don't forget about our free market podcast coming to you through Google, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. More Iowa Ag Matters coming right up here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.
certainly document how far behind EPA has been in their decision making on E15 year round. It's been well documented, in fact. But finally, a decision that we like has been made here on Iowa Ag Matters. We break some news for you, Andy and Dustin and Jolene Reeson, president of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Jolene, what's your reaction as E15 year round sales will be allowed in Iowa and seven other states starting in 2025? Well, what exciting news. But but then I, a little you know, take back on that. It's like, so why can't we get this throughout the United States? Why is it just, and I, and I realized, you know, we brought a lawsuit forward to, to try and make this happen, but, but just, just a little disappointed, happy. Don't get me wrong. Super happy that, you know, that they're agreeing to this, but a little disappointed that it didn't go a little farther. And then for it to start in 2025, I'm like, really? because we've done this already. We've gotten waivers already for E15 during summer months and you're still pushing us back a year, but well, I guess the games we play. And so um, I did see last night on the news that uh, Governor Reynolds is going to put in for a, a waiver for this coming summer so that, um, so that we have E15 available because I'm just thinking, you know, with our NASCAR race and we're going to promote E15 rather heavily, it should be available to our drivers. So anyway, just got to work yeah. with what you got. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right on that. And and I know that uh, Iowa Corn has been pushing hard on that. So we appreciate all your efforts yeah. there. Yes. So good for, you know, good for consumers, good for farmers. It keeps that um, pipeline of, of, you know, um, ethanol moving in the system. So and. You know, and looking at our corn prices here as of the last, it's like, um, yeah, we could use a little help. So that that's good news. That's what I was going to ask you is what does this decision mean for you as an Iowa corn producer? Oh, well, it it, it means that I'm going to be having corn grind that's going to be, you know, turning into ethanol that's going to get used instead of basically kind of stockpiled. Um, you know, we're kind of kind of at a crossroads trying to get our our. Um, you know, CI score down there to a point where we can be able to ship to, um, you know, basically different countries that are asking for a lower CI score. And, and we're, and we're looking to try and get ready for the sustainable aviation fuel market. Um, Super disappointed that they're bringing Brazilian ethanol in because that one has a CI score lower than what corn ethanol does. But um, trust me, we're working extremely hard on making things happen there to get our CI score at a point where we will be competitive with Brazilian ethanol because um, Brazil is is our next um, biggest upcoming um, competitor. Um, they are getting into markets that you know we traditionally had. And so as a farmer and as a corn leader, I got a problem with that. So um, exploring many different avenues uh, was just back from a U.S. Greens Council meeting. And, and I sit on the ethanol um, um, action team down there. Big discussions, big discussions. And and so in the meantime, you know, beans, we don't have our, our CI score where we need for ethanol there. We're exploring a lot of different avenues of uh, places to go with our ethanol. So, so know that 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 is we are continuing to work it is you know and we will continue to work to find new markets for ethanol because as um we're extremely good at what we do and um and we need a market for it thank you again um governor reynolds for 
bringing this lawsuit. Um, and I'm so happy that it finally came to fruition, you know, that, that we have a victory in a way. Um, and, uh, and we will continue to run with that. So very much appreciated. You bet. You bet. We'll keep working. Thanks, Shalene. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Well, I guess better late than never on that news we've been waiting for, but I guess I think that phrase has become the mantra at the EPA when it comes to biofuels. But Andy, we're going to bring you right back here and have you give us your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Getting ready for spring planting season with planter maintenance. A lot of those machines making their way closer to the shop, at least, according to our friends at Kinsey Manufacturing and spring planting specialist Brent Niederstent. The biggest thing with maintenance is you're really going to start at the hitch pin and work your way all the way back. So is the planter running level? All the connections look good shape, safety lights, harnesses, all those things at the front. So then we get to really the meat and potatoes of the planter itself, row unit maintenance. And that, again, starts where it attaches to the toolbar. Parallel arm bushings, making sure that hardware's tight. What kind of wear do we see in there? The row unit. And and driveline, is that in good condition? And then, of course, the ground engaging components. Same story, front to back, and working through no-till coulter, residue wheels, bearings. He says the size of the double disc opener should be 14 and a half inches minimum. Otherwise, they need to be replaced. An adjustment of meters and planter software also need to be considered. Number two. Getting more expensive to eat for Iowans and Americans, according to the latest U.S. Labor, Labor Department data, which shows grocery store costs increased 1.2% last month as compared to a year ago, and restaurant prices were up 5.1% a month ago. Now, Steve Kalanine of snack giant Kalanova says that if you look historically at periods following inflation, there's nothing that says food prices will go back down. Number one mixed reaction to news that EPA will allow E15 sales year-round in Iowa and seven other Midwestern states, but not until 2025. It's been pushed heavily, of course, by Governor Reynolds, Secretary Nag, and uh, Iowa Corn Growers Association, where Jolene Reeson is the president. What exciting news, but but then I, a little, you know, take back on that. It's like, so why can't we get this throughout the United States? Why is it just, and I, and I realized, you know, we brought a lawsuit forward to to try and make this happen, but but just just a little disappointed, happy. Don't get me wrong, super happy that you know that they're agreeing to this, but a little disappointed that it didn't go a little farther. She adds, Governor Reynolds has already submitted a request for a waiver to make E15 available year-round this season, which of course includes the big ethanol-powered NASCAR race coming up this summer in Newton. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, markets started off the day just like they did yesterday to the high side. Unfortunately, yesterday, things turned lower. And, of course, all eyes in the livestock market are going to be on this afternoon's cattle on feed report. Some are saying it might be bearish. Some are saying it's bullish. So it's about a toss-up right now. We'll see what's coming up next with the midday market numbers. Mark and Andy have those next.
This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today at Midday by Amanda Brill of Total Farm Marketing as we discuss the Midday Markets. Amanda, what are we seeing taking place in the grains here today as it's been a tough run for corn and soybeans recently? Yeah, a lot of red on the screens again today. We've got corn down five and a half cents in May. Um, soybeans down six cents in May. Uh, new contract lows in corn and then um, in the soybeans. We're not too far off from taking out that low uh, from May of last year in the March contract that was down at 1145. And that also leads us to our next point, which is everyone watching South America. And with knowing that they are going through harvest right now, getting those crops out of the ground, uh, what's the current situation and kind of how it affects us here in the United States? Right. Brazil is about a third of the way done with their um, soybean harvest. And you know, we have these analysts coming out and, and they're still lowering their production estimates. The USDA has been unwilling to really come down on that number. Their last estimate was 156 million metric tons. And so the fact that we have these analysts, these private consulting firms bringing this, these numbers down, but we still see the futures continue to fall, that's a little concerning. And it, you know, I think the trade is really focusing on what the USDA has to say rather than maybe these Brazilian agencies. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. Yeah, Mark, let's start with the uh, cattle first. Daily estimated slaughter total numbers at 120,000 head. That's 3,000 less than a week ago and 5,000 less than a year ago. Boxes are mixed at midday with select sharply lower, down $3.36 to 284.46 on 20 loads of movement. Choice boxes up 43 cents, 54 loads selling at 297.80 and the spread jumping to 13.34. As far as the pork side goes, we see daily estimated slaughter total numbers coming in at 490,000 head. That's a thousand more than a week ago and 80 some thousand more than a year ago. As far as the cash markets go, let's wrap up yesterday's trade. Barrels and gilts, producers sold on a carcass basis, negotiated purchase wise. Finished the day yesterday with 5,700 head and some change of sales. The weighted average price sharply higher, up 237 to 72.62. As far as formula purchases go, 157,000 head, so about an average run there. Weighted average price 77.93, so that market was about $2 stronger. As far as what's happening at midday here so far, over 5,400 head of negotiated purchases. Weighted average price up 82 cents to 73.30. Formula purchases about 110,000 head of sales, weighted average price 78.56, so that market is about 40 cents lower. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. At midday, March corn down five even at 406 even. March soybeans down six and a quarter at 1154 and a half. On the Merck, April live cattle up $1.10 at 18880. March feeder cattle up $3.05 at 254.40. April lean hogs up $2.47 at $88.45. That was a check of the Midday Markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson.
On we go with the market analysis here on Iowa Ag Matters. Andy and Dustin and Mark Magnuson now continuing the visit with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. On the other side of the ag marketplace, we have the livestock complex where it has been much more friendly recently, especially yesterday for the most part. We saw quite a bit of green on the screen. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's just a lot of interest in owning uh, the, you know, fast feeders, you name it. The numbers definitely on this Catalan feed report are thought to be quite friendly. Uh, whether they will or not, of course, remains to be seen. Uh, but our thought process is that, you know, maybe you take a little bit of profit here. I mean, we've basically run straight up. Uh, you've got to assume that there'd be some profit taking on bullish news because that's a lot of times what happens. You rally into the report once you get the report, uh, which we won't be able to trade it today. Uh, once you get the report there next Monday, you know, I'm, I guess my fear would be a lot of folks would say, hey, for now, we've sure run this thing hard enough for the time being. Uh, I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but I just know that that's kind of the way the market feels to me. I'm still longer term friendly. I still feel like, uh, you know, there's a chance you could see a new all time high. We never quite got to that $200 on fats last year. Uh, could we see that again? Absolutely. It's just that, uh, you know, it might be a little premature to get into that discussion. And you talk about longer-term friendliness. Well, that certainly applies to the hog market, where just a short term ago we were talking about how, you know, hard the picture looked right now for hogs. But here in just a few weeks later, things have turned at least a little bit for the short term. Matt, what's been the uh, driving force for the hogs? There's a variety of things, but there's no doubt whenever you see such strength in cattle, a lot of times it'll kind of spill over and hogs will be able to enjoy it as well. You know, we've had some pretty darn good export sales on uh, both fats, uh, you know, uh, uh, and and hogs. And so I, I've got to think uh, with demand staying fairly good, uh, looking at what's going on in totality in the meat sector, it's, it's definitely boded well. Uh, for hogs. Hogs have just been beaten up for so long, you know, and just oversold as can possibly be. Now, we've seen a lot of other stuff oversold as can possibly be lately, and so we've got to hope maybe they'll catch a little bit of the uh, tailwind that we've seen out of the hog market, but uh, for right now, I think we're probably getting a little bit rich. I don't know that I want to go and put too many contracts in that triple-digit mark uh, just yet. I, I think we'll have a hard time doing it. Matt Bennett of agmarket.net, our guest here on Friday. As always, thanks so much for the information here today, Matt. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Yeah, it's just agmarket.net. It's the best place to go to get basically anything you want to learn about us, what we do, the services we offer, and uh, get all our contact info as well. We appreciate your time this morning. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Yep, same to you, bud. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, yesterday I started my conversation with Iowa farmer Scott Henry about some climate smart needs in the farm bill. We'll continue that conversation coming up here next on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. This is Iowa Ag Matters.
conversation here on Iowa Ag Matters about conservation. It comes in a lot of different forms, certainly. And um, these edge of field practices continue to pick up momentum. Part two now of Dustin's conversation with Central Iowa farmer Scott Henry. When we talk about some of these priorities that you want to see put into the farm bill, obviously to get a full wish list is something that's tough in any piece of legislation. But what are some things like really at the top of that list that you are concerned with or that you'd like to see uh, get into this farm bill? You know, for us, I think there's two two big things. One is that we want to see the actual outside of the farm bill, the, the climate smart ag and the money that was put into the Inflation Reduction Act stay in there. Uh, if you look at farmers that have been trying to implement certain projects on their farm, a lot of them have struggled to get it done because our NRCS offices haven't been fully staffed for a long time um, or there hasn't been technical assistance out there. And so we would ask that the money that that has been already allocated to certain things through the, the Inflation Reduction Act um, actually be used to help clear the backlog, so to speak, for for what is out there and then let the farm bill move forward on a standalone basis. And so that that's one thing that I think a lot of farmers, um, when when we actually go into these government agencies and these government offices, we want to see people there that not only have the ability to help us, but have have the capacity um, and the time to help us with the with the different requests and different activities that we're trying to do. And so I know that there's 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 a debate in Washington as to if, if dollars should be repurposed and moved. And and I guess the the encouragement that me as an Iowa farmer would would share with them is to to let those dollars do what they were designed to do to help clear the backlog and let's use this farm bill as something as a go forward so that way we're not fighting um, for dollars available in the future. The other element I think that that is big is is continuing to just make sure that the economic element of, of a lot of these production practices is real. And so anywhere we can help make the economic case, not just the environmental case, is huge, whether it be through uh, technical assistance or the creation of um, center, the Center for Conservation Economics. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that, um, you know, if we can help farmers know and understand that these practices work um, and that there is an economic benefit to them, that they'll adopt them and that they'll stay adopted. I think the worst thing would be is to have a program run out of money and all of a sudden you see farmers stop implementing or stop, stop using these practices and and therefore were those dollars just wasted um you know so so again i think that we can the more we can help help farmers learn and train then that's a big thing and then and then lastly obviously what is was probably the most important for many of us is continuing to support the crop insurance program um, i understand that there could be reasons to um, implement certain requirements uh, around practices or uh, create different incentives for certain um, regenerative ag or climate smart ag practices. I don't think there's a ton of pushback in the farmer community for it as long as those are done on a voluntary basis and there's sound measuring um, and and ways to to actually see the benefits of those tools. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we have the risk management support uh, because we are a critical infrastructure for our country here, whether it be um, the ethanol that's, that goes towards fuel, fueling our country or um, towards a feed uh, that we're raising to help feed the country. 
Well, thanks to Scott Henry. We're going to wrap up with him on Monday. But right now we're going to bring Jolene Reeson back in for a featured conversation on the Iowa Corn Growers Association. There's a lot of conversation at Commodity Classic about the importance of carbon intensity scoring and increasing farmer participation. I have a Corn Growers Association, one of the leaders on the issue, according to President Jolene Reeson. So I had a study done here on my farm, and I'm actually a, a negative carbon emitter. And, and I managed to get to that point by I no-till, I use cover crops, I have a custom feed yard that we feed cattle in and I utilize that manure as part of my, as part of my fertility program. The ground is, is actually worked very little. Um, if we can no-till it, that's usually what we do. Always keeping in mind, you know, the soil erosion, carbon capture. We just try and do everything that we can to, number one, keep the soil on my farm, number two, to keep the fertilizer on my farm. She says lowering ethanol's carbon intensity score will be key to unlocking the sustainable aviation fuel market, and you can learn more at iowacorn.org. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of another week of Iowa Ag Matters. And don't forget, the new Pods of Potential podcast is up. You can find that online at iowaagnet.com. Andy's always got great information there with the Iowa Soybean Association. And, of course, I'll be down in Houston next week. I'll start off the week with you guys here in Des Moines. But be heading down for Commodity Classic. Can't wait to hear what the Soybean Association and the corn growers have to say about what's going on as far as policy going into next year. Well, of course, thanks to Riley for making us sound good. That's all he can do. We don't look good. but And thanks to Mark for all his information. Speak and thanks for to you for <laughs> Okay, fine. There's a little debate. Well, we can always continue that next week. This is Iowa Ag Matters. <laughs>